This is Appreciation Culture's Library of Video Games, and I am your host, Tyler, and this is Josh. Today we're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and most importantly, what we appreciated about Mirror's Edge Catalyst. You could say this is the catalyst for our series. This is, actually. Mirror's Edge Catalyst was released in June 7th of 2016, mm -hmm. and it was like right towards the end of our high school. Which is interesting. That's it, was, crazy. it was actually right before we graduated. It was three days wow. now before we graduated. I'm, so, I'm shocked that I didn't like pause my graduation ceremony to go get Mirror's Edge Catalyst. <laughs> do you remember the uh, before kind of getting into the actual game itself? Do you remember any of the teaser trailers to this game or any of the trailers? I remember the I remember there in the announcement that there was going to be a new Mirror's Edge, and yeah. Mirror's Edge was that thing. I don't know if I ever played the entirety of the first Mirror's Edge, but I when I first got my PS3 mm -hmm. back in which was pretty late, I got my PS3 in 2010. When did it come out? 2006? Uh, PlayStation 3 was 2006. Okay. So yeah, I got a PlayStation 3 in early 2010. Because I was a, we were a Wii family, and then I was still holding on my PS2. Because I got PS2 in like 05. I always was late in the consoles yeah. as a kid. And so I got, so Mirror's Edge 1 was like one of my favorite demos. One of the first things I did about PS3 was just one of the places where I just downloaded every demo I could. Like, because it was like free. And it like gave me like I, I played I could memorize the Uncharted Two demo like it was yesterday like I remember it so well but the Mirror's Edge demo I played a lot um, and so I had no and I know it had this big cult following and it was very like I, I remember like it was sort of in the height of like the parkour thing that was sort of like it sort of seemed like it was yeah. kind of you know jumping off <laughs> jumping off of that. Um, the videos of Russians like climbing up buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna, get, I was gonna get more into parkour later, but like, but so yeah, I remember it being a big deal when they were announcing Mirror's yeah. Edge Catalyst, and as like some kind of nostalgia specifically for that demo and some gameplay I played of someone else's save, I was like excited, and then it like came out and vanished. Like I feel like it kind of came out and vanished. I saw some promo for it, um, and honestly forgot it existed until you, you brought it up. Yeah, we were picking between the first one and Catalyst, because I actually played through the first one recently, mm -hmm. so uh, it's interesting in our context, because you have not played the first one in a very, very long time. I haven't played, I, the most I've played the first one is probably that demo, and it completions yeah. at the end, but that's like it. Yeah, I played through the first one recently, and then played this one pretty much nearly right after, probably within a couple weeks, mm -hmm. uh, when, um, before the game came out, really interestingly, I, um, I thought... I, I remember thinking that Mirror's Edge 1 was not going to be good, mm -hmm. and the reason my whole justification for it was, and once I played the demo, I was proven wrong or whatever, uh, it was that there were games like Assassin's Creed at the time, there were games even Uncharted at the time, I believe, uh, at least the first one, but Mirror's Edge was trying to do the whole first-person parkour thing, and I remember thinking, that's going to give me a headache. I, that I was like, that is not going to we'll, work. We'll get into that later, but I, I had a similar feeling playing this one. Oh really? Little, I, I'm not. I'm not very vulnerable to motion sickness, but I was a full yeah. two hour, a full. It's a short game. It's like four hour, four, but six hour game maybe. It's it's about a six hour. Six hour game. Yeah. Um, I didn't finish it. By the, way. the sorry. Yeah. No, but I was gonna say like I felt very like like there were a couple motion parts where I was like this is a very ambitious idea for a game, and yet the I know why I didn't play a lot of it, so it does give me a little yeah headaches a couple times. Yeah. yeah the uh, the studio who made it is Dice, uh, who also makes Battlefield. Which is and so fun. Yep, they make Battlefront, the newer ones, the 2015 and 2017 yeah. one. They 
are a really talented studio. They are always put on crunch time by EA, so yes. they pretty much can never get a project fully realized. This was an EA game too, right? This was. This was. Guys, yeah. I I do have a theory that with Catalyst that we will get in later that I think a lot of it was a crunch time thing. I, I do think that they... I don't think a lot of their ideas are fully realized. No. Game. Well, this I, came I, out the year between Battlefront 1 and Battlefront 2. And I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm sure there were... Was there Battlefield games in between that in those years? Uh, Battlefield 4, I believe, was 2014. And then Battlefield 1, I believe, was 2016. So probably Battlefield... They probably had a small team working on this That's game, what is what I would assume. And they might have moved them over to work on Battlefield and stuff. This game, though, I do feel like there's a lot of things that feel very Rush. half-baked. Yeah. They don't feel like that they're fully realized. I feel like it's a super ambitious game. Right. You described it as ambitious earlier. And I think it is so ambitious and that none of it is like fully fleshed out. Right. It, it was interesting because whenever it came out, it was the only game, and um, there's been a little bit of a cult resurgence for it in recent years, I feel like when it came out, it was the only game I had ever seen that everyone unanimously just said, like, that was fine. That was just okay. Even reviews. Like, you go on, like, Metacritic, it's, like, 65. I didn't read a single review before I played it. I didn't yeah. want What, what, what was the consensus? Like, the Metacritic, I believe, is a 68. Okay. And nearly all the reviews are, like, 6 out of What's, like, IGN? Like, IGN, uh, IGN gave it a... It was at the time when they were doing points. I actually watched their review yesterday, and okay. I believe it was a 6.8. Everyone across the board was just like, this is fine, but it's a disappointment. Yeah. And that was that was kind of it's recently gotten kind of a following, but when it first came out, that was the consensus amongst pretty much everybody. Well, it it's a weird thing, because one of the things I like about this game, or one of the things that I think is fascinating about this game, is that to me, it's one of those sequels. How were the like how were the sales for this? They weren't great. Like, they were fine, right? They didn't make a sequel. And yeah. I can tell you, I watched the ending, and the ending is very sequel based. So well, yeah, because you finished the game, right? You finished basically finished. Uh, I got to the last level and um I watched the cuts, I watched the final cuts. Okay, before. I got about a little over halfway. Mm-hmm. I, I checked my progress a little, I got a little over halfway. But I wanted to bring up, I feel like to talk about Mirror's Edge and like talk about why that game kind of had this cold falling, I feel like it's very important we talk about part four. 2008. That's two years after what I consider to be my introduction to parkour, which was the opening of Casino Royale, which is where he chases a guy who in real life was a French dude who like could do parkour. And that was like, the first time you were seeing real people do this shit. You're like, how the fuck? They're climbing over shit. They're jumping over, they're hopping over shit. Then 2007, you got like a newborn movie. You got like, they're jumping through, it's like it became this huge thing, I feel like, where parkour was this massive thing. It was like the coolest fucking thing ever. And then Mirror's Edge is the first game to be like, we're doing that, but it's all first person and like how at, at the time that thought, I know you're laughing at me but I, I think it's crazy to think about that because it's like this game feels so out of time in a, in a way that like Mirror's Edge to me represents like that cool mid-2000s like yo look at her fucking tattoo it's so cool and she's so like there's so much jumping all this badass stuff and then like you have these characters like Faith and like this electronic soundtrack that feels very like in in tandem with like what was going on culturally, what was cool in yeah. pop culture. Um, and then you wait eight years to make a second game. And it just, like, everything that was, like, kind of cool about it in the first game feels really cheesy to me. Mm-hmm. And in a fun way, but, like, in a way that's, like, Mirror's Edge wasn't even a huge hit upon its release. It was it became a cult thing. And then you put all this time and effort into a sequel 
for something that was sort of had become cult because it was a relic of its time with an ambitious mechanic, a gameplay, the, the way you know the way they moved around, and it, it just it's just so weird because it, it it feels like one of those things where they they really put all their cards on the table on a game with like a big story with a big universe, but it's like mirror's edge. Yeah, and I, just, I don't, I, I can't, I, I, I know that was a lot of jumbled things I just said, but like, I just think it's so funny because to me, Mirror's Edge, what, what do I think of Mirror's Edge, the original game? I think of a relic of 2008, and I yeah. think of like totally a, a relic of 2008 that people were like every once in a while, you're like, oh, people think Mirror's Edge is really cool, it's like jumping around and stuff, but no one ever cared about the world. There was a story, there was a narrative, there was a campaign in the first Mirror's Edge, but it didn't have, but it, it's just so funny that they kind of um, waited so long for a sequel. Uh, to a game that was had a cult following and basically um, already kind of felt outdated by the time they started working on it. Yeah, the um, you so, know that the Casino Royale um, that was apparently their inspiration. What's the intro? That makes total. I feel like that was like that's why they even got the crane in the first game. Uh, you know, yeah, which that's the crane, classic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that was like such a big moment. For like a, a our like a, a pop like a um, popular understanding of what parkour even was, mm-hmm. you know, like the whole idea of like that kind of stuff was like I, as a kid, I'm like, how is he doing? That? Like what you know, what that's insane. Um, and then yeah, Mirrors Edge sort of um, yeah, I, I can totally see the thing of was about. Yeah, I don't remember the quote, but somebody does uh, reference that that was one of the major inspirations mm. for the game was the Casino Royale scene. I believe there was one other movie or video game that inspired it, but uh-huh. I don't remember what it was. The, um, I was thinking the Born Ultimatum chase for some reason. When the end, there's that sequence in the it could have been more jumping. Maybe that part you jumps yeah. to the window. Like I feel like that all that stuff was very Born was very yeah. Born was also a really big deal for like not even just like parkour, but very much like that like hand to hand fighting and like you know just like jumping through windows, jumping off stuff. I mean, even like the way parkour, Faith yeah. fights in this is very like has that kind of born like very slack like very kind of like defensive and we'll talk about the melee i have a lot yeah. to say about the melee combat oh yeah that's that's uh by the way going into it actually uh, what what were your um what were your first impressions i was really excited to, when i put it on because like i haven't i, I was immediately met with nostalgia for the 2008 game um first impressions it was very it's not a very story heavy game but it's a story-heavy game for this type of game. Like, it's, it's for this specific game that felt very... Like, there was a lot of... Um, a lot of cutscenes. A lot of cutscenes and a lot of building lore. That kind of threw me off. Yeah, they reference, like, a, a Black November a lot. And somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. You know, you can... Can you do, like, a quick synopsis of the game? Like, do you... Uh, do Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I, I um, Faith is a, a little girl. Saw her parents die. Um, her... I'm pretty sure she I saw her parents. That. She saw her parents die when they were going against the system. The Kruger Co. or whatever. Yeah, the okay. Kruger Sec. Kruger and Sec. so Kruger Sec like owns their big conglomerate. They own everything. They're basically a big tech organization. They're basically Google. Um, but they own everything. They have security forces all around cities and stuff. They're uh, essentially oppressing people by uh, forcing them to only be employees for them and basically being a totalitarian private organization over everybody. The faith saw her parents die to them and becomes this, you know, rebel who's going to be against all of them. She becomes a runner who's a system of basically hippies who are against the system and they can run across the rooftop. That's why they're called runners. And really cheesy, but fun. The Faith is arrested in the beginning of the game. I don't remember why. They do do say why. Wasn't she arrested 
at the end of the first game? Is that or is that no? This is oh okay. So fast this, this is a reboot. Oh, so this was supposed to be a reboot. That was the like whole remake, reason. basically. Or yeah, uh, not a remake necessarily, but like a. Uh, it, it's weird because I when it first came out, I thought it was a prequel. Because it has to do with like her as a child, you know. Catalyst. Her, yeah. For, yeah. But if you play the first game, the first game does have a whole storyline with her sister, and this game does too, and they do not coexist, like, at all. So it's definitely a reboot. Like, so a they're not worried about, like... No, they do not. Okay. They don't even connect it to the first game, really, at all, as far as I know. Uh, if I'm wrong, you can uh, send us and correct us at appreciationculture at gmail.com. Why do you know that much about Mirror's Edge, though? That's what I'm asking. If you the lore? That, yeah. You look on the wiki fan page. The Mirror's guess, Edge fandom. I'm just like, I, I told Tyler, I, said, I texted, I was like, you know there's probably like people out there who are like, this is their lore. <laughs> like, there's something, this, this is, is what they know. Well, there's Icarus, who's the, uh, who's like the... The hooded not, guy? Yeah, the hooded guy yeah, who's yeah. like the really edgy, you know, new kid on the block yeah. who's super cocky. His name's Icarus, not on, not on the edge, not on the, not on the nose at all. Right. Uh, the first game, though, has super funny names that I love. There's names like um, Jack, Jackknife Ooh, is somebody's right. name, Ropeburn. Hell yeah. Like these like really weird names. And this game does not have the, I, my first complaint of Mirror's Edge Cows is the name Caliber does not like Noah. Plastic. Plastic's pretty good. Plastic's a good one. <laughs> I, Plastic is the only one I actually have heard. I'm like, that's a good name. Yeah. There's like Icarus, Rebecca, Noah, and I'm like, these are lame names. Mm-hmm. Give your characters names like Jackknife. Yeah. Like, that's a cool ass name. Yeah, yeah. Even Faith's a cool name. Like, like I, I, go, okay. I like Faith as a cool name. Like, that's a, that's a solid main character name. I'm yeah. Like the, and it's not really like a complaint. I just think it's funny. But uh, I really did feel like, off of like first impressions, I felt very underwhelmed after playing the first game. Uh, not that necessarily this game is bad. I actually would go to the batter for this game if somebody came up to me and told me it was bad. Uh, it is, though, however, a game that I would describe in every facet as half-baked, um, half-baked, underdeveloped. Like, I yeah. would not describe it as anything more than that. I will, however, say that it is gorgeous. It does play smoothly. It is a game that I do have... For the most part, I think I could pop it on, play it when I'm bored, and I'd be, you know, it might be mindless fun, but it would just be whatever. Like, I'd be having a little bit of a good time. Here's my first impression, is that I, I disagree with you saying it's gorgeous. And the reason I say the only reason I say that is because I, I recently, I watched some gameplays of the, of the first game, because I remember it this way, and I wanted to be sure. But I remember the first game's designs being, like, the cityscape being very simple. Very sort of, there is similarities in the design. It's not quite as simple as I remember it being. But I remember it being primarily kind of like a white stain. Mm -hmm. I really liked that about it. It kind of had this sort of like stainless artificiality to it. This game starts, the first mission, you get saved by Icarus, right? But. Um, Yes, you you get saved by Icarus, you get brought back to Icarus. So you walk out and it's, it does that thing that's like every game of this era. Every sequel this era, especially every first-person game of this era, did where it, it, it's visually very busy, and it's a lot of rain and neon lights, and it's it's trying to show off all the effects and all the lighting effects it can do, and it immediately turned me off because I was like, I like the simple like daylight mm-hmm. 
I understand what they're doing, trying to show off what they've done, and I really like that. But to me, by trying to make it more grounded, you've gotten rid of like what I like about the kind of the artificiality um, and the kind of uh, uh, like geometric look of the first game. I feel like it's kind of lost in this one. I I would agree with you on um, that it is too busy. Mm-hmm. I think that it is a game that. It when I say that it looks gorgeous, I don't necessarily, especially when you compare it to the first game. I do feel like it's kind of the case of like it does look a bit worse in terms of the simplicity is kind of gone. There's a there's a really good. I looked up a couple of developer things before doing this, and there's I forget if it's the art designist or something. I I God forbid I'm like not gonna remember her name at all. But uh, you don't remember the art designer name of Mirror's Edge Catalyst. No. No. Well, I don't even think she... I don't know if she did Mirror's Edge Cows. Crazy. I know she did the first one. Don't worry about it. That would be so funny. <laughs> but it's the... She said that the whole point of the art style of the first game... Mm-hmm. I don't know if this does not apply to the second game because even if she was the person who did it for the second game, it does not come off the same way. And this goes along with you know it being looking too busy. The first game was supposed to be mostly everything was white. Mostly everything, and it was supposed to, you know, look like the artificial because obviously everything's owned by a big tech company. But there was a gameplay reasoning for it too, and the gameplay reason was that anything of blue, green, orange, it was all meant to be guides. Yeah. So it was meant to be like when you're jumping through a level, if you saw blue lines on a wall, it would be like, ooh, that leads to a red door, and that red door I'm supposed to go through. And they all had like their own purposes. And uh, she talks about, and she didn't talk about too in depth, but whenever I heard that, I remember thinking that that is exactly like Mirror's Edge 1 works because it's super linear, mm-hmm. but wherever you're running, you always know where to go because yeah. you're following the color. You're following the color of the map. This game, I do think it looks gorgeous, but it looks too busy in regards of there's so much in terms of like color at times, and you kind of lose your direction. So and that's the... Uh, that would. I, I'm going to get into that later when we talk about the runner vision because okay. I have a lot to say about I'll, the runner I'll, vision. I'll wait till because I was about to bring that up, so I'll wait. Oh, okay. Well, did uh, did your impressions of it last, or did it just get worse, or are they, they, they about the same? Initially, I was enjoying it. Like as much. I mean, I was kind of trash talking the um, the busy visuals, of the opening. But I did like the opening, and I, I remember that I was getting reminded about. Oh, this is like this is what it was like playing Mirror's Edge One. I was really enjoying it because I remember vividly playing that demo all the time. I think this is so fun, and I was really liking it. And it it just kind of started to lose me. And a lot of the reason why it loses me is, I guess this isn't directly tied to the runner version, so I'll we'll wait to that. But it, it I think it's a, I think my issue with it is that it was the first one open world. Was it open? No. It was not. No. Yeah, it was, that's what I thought. It was all level designs, right? It's very linear. Very linear. And I think for a game like this, that's kind of perfect. Because you almost want it to be, I'm thinking of like saying like a portal, where you want it to be something that is, you figure out how to get out of this situation. You figure out how to do this. The open world in this felt like, to me, I was constantly getting lost. Um, I wasn't sure... They give you so many different avenues to go places, but a lot of them don't really lead anywhere. Or if they do, they'll lead to like a race mm-hmm. or a map. And you, the game also tells you to find your own way around the city. I never really found it rewarding in any way. I never found like, oh, I got here faster because I cut through this way or I did that. I don't feel like it does a very good job of um, uh, keeping you 
always on the move. Like when I think of the first game, I think I'm constantly moving. I'm thinking, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And this one, I was very much like, I never got that feeling of flow. And maybe that's just me playing, but because there was so much, it was a much busier, more realistic world with more, uh, you know, obstacles and things like that, it made it feel a lot less, uh, it gave it a lot less flow than the first game. Like I feel like I was a lot of starting and stopping at certain places. And maybe that's just me, but I also found it to be just a little obnoxious that I, it felt I was kind of uh, moving in a snail's pace when it should be mirror's edge where I should be just going. Well, I was, and I was going to get into this later, but actually it relates right to what you're saying. And it was that I feel like that one of the things I did not, I did not like, or it just did not, I did not like it in comparison to the first game was that this is a game that constantly requires you to go to a place to start a mission. Yes. And I think that's something that works so well about the first game because it's linear is that you're going from one place to another, boom, next mission, boom, next mission. Yeah. And you constantly, to to go along with, like, you feel like you're in a flow, right. you constantly feel like you're in a flow because you're going from one mission to another, to another, to another, and you never have to do this thing where, like, oh, go back to this area, go to this area, well, go that's, to this that's area. That's my biggest issue, is that with this game, I found myself having a great time when I was in the missions. The missions once, are pretty Once good. I got to the missions, it was great. But the slog of having to go from point A to point B in the open world, and then, you know, I eventually didn't use my runner vision because I was getting lost, to be perfectly honest with you. But, like, the idea yeah. of, like, there's just not enough, there aren't enough rewards, I don't think, in the open world that make that transit from getting from this point. And, and sometimes it'll be this thing where you go to a mission, you get your objective for the mission, and that counts as a mission, just the cutscene, and then you realize to start part two, like, the actual objective for what you just were briefed on, mm -hmm. you still have to go across the map, get there, press X. It's like they, they could not, like, they, like, we can't take you anywhere. You have to go all the way around. And it just, it just felt like that would be fine if the open world was really rewarding. If there were things that I could really kind of interact with other than just deliveries. Well, it's a, yeah, it's, it becomes a, and this is one of my other kind of issues with it, is that the game does become very much like a collect-a-thon. Like, there, there's older games, like, a, you'd have, like, a like a, like a Banjo-Kazooie or something, where the whole purpose of the game, and that game is fantastic, by the way. Right. You, you go through the game, and you collect a bunch of stuff. In this game, it feels so weird, because none of the collectibles, to, to your point, that the game doesn't really ever test you to be, like, nothing ever really feels rewarding, that, like, everything outside of the grid nodes... I actually like the grid node. I, the, there's a main mission you probably did where the, where you go up that whole tower. That's thing. the best scene. That's that, the best part that, of the game so far. That is, that is grid nodes. There's four of them in the game, I think, because they unlock the fast travel, which, by the way, before you get into it, there should not be fast travel in a game where the whole fun of it is supposed to be traversal. But the problem is, is that it's not fun in the open world. So they So they activate the fast travel. Right. And the, the grid nodes are great, though. I, I think that that's the best side content in the game. Mm -hmm. And the only other thing that even matches even close to it to me is that, and you might not even know about this, and I didn't get really around to playing it, but people can make their own time trials. Yes, yeah, and so I, I, did, I did a couple. I was on yeah. mine, so I played it. And couple. that's that's cool to me. That reminds me of uh, in Super Mario Odyssey. They they have uh, you've probably seen the um, the donkey video from playing them, but like where they have like the catch oh, the yeah, balloon, balloon. Yeah, catch yeah. the balloon, you go around, and that's very much how it reminds like you create this content, people can play it, right. and I, I really love stuff like that. The grid nodes are really cool, but there's so little of them in the game, and all the collectathon stuff 
feels like busy work between an area yeah. because none of it's even out of the way. None of it tests your ability. Right. None of it's like, oh man, like, can you get up to that roof? No, all of it's like, oh man, like why you're going to this destination. See if you can grab five circles. And I, and I wrote down that all the collection. Is that the yellow stuff, or yeah, things? Yeah. The, I don't know what they're called, yeah, but there's the, there's the circles. Mm-hmm. There's the security chips. Mm-hmm. There's control know. chips. Mm-hmm. There's uh, documents. And there's I, recordings. And there is the uh, yellow briefcases that are very, very rare. I didn't see that. And those, see those, are, those are probably hidden areas that might actually be hard to get to. And if that's the case, then that's awesome. But I don't. I don't. I never found a single one yeah. of my playthrough either. I just never found the open world. It's not engaging, engaging. at all. What I will say, I weirdly, I spent a good, probably like an hour doing a couple of the, maybe a little more, and doing the, some of the timed races where you like kind of race against your own best score. Those are pretty fun. And those were fun because those were just like, those reminded me of what Mirror's Edge 1 was, where it was just like, okay, you have to get from here to here. Can you beat your own personal? Can you do it in 30 seconds as opposed to 35? And, and like, and I, it was fun to beat your own record. And then if you're online, you can see where you rank amongst other players. That was really fun. Um, and it almost made me wish like, I wish this game had no narrative. Like, I almost wish it was just this. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, almost like a racing game or something. Or, or, or more like the first game, where it was just a much more contained, uh, you know, series of levels where you kind of go through and traverse. And, um, but yeah, I just, I think my, my biggest issue, the thing that kept me from really, like, loving this was a couple things. But if we're on the open world, like, that open world did not uh, engage me at all. Yeah, the... Um... The open and we're kind of just dunking on it. So if there's uh, if there's anybody out there who's an active, super yeah, big defender, thing. well, even the open world defender, you know, correct us. Tell us why we're wrong. Tell us, we're wrong. Tell, us tell us what you like about it, yeah. and you know, uh, shoot shoot an email to tell, tell us why you love getting those security chips. Yeah, yeah. At uh, at appreciationculture at gmail Shoot a message. Let us know why we're wrong. Correct us. <laughs> I, Josh over here, la- no, wholeheartedly. I know, I no, I agree. I, I, just, I just, I'm excited to read like an email for anyone watching this. Like, get an email that's just like, oh man, you get both terrible, so awful. Yeah. Like, stop trashing the awesome, incredible like game design of Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Yeah, the um, the the open world though, and I'm going to continue dunking on it. I, I threw that out there just in case anybody's okay. an avid defender. But the uh, I, I I cannot stand that there are like three different delivery types of side quests Mm -hmm. like there's fragile deliveries which is basically just like oh you just don't fall don't fall or yeah like you'll see the image crack like if you if you break if you you jump too hard because you have that mechanic you can jump and press i think r2 button i mean played it on ps4 um and uh like you slow your you stop your fall Mm -hmm. and so when you have a fragile delivery you've got to rely on that thing if you're on big jumps because otherwise you're you're screwed. You know, you basically like, just break all your things. So Josh did all of them in the game. You can tell. I, I did a few. I, I, I think I, I, I did the, a few more side quests than I was expecting. The deliveries. I, the thing was, that I, and I don't know if I was doing the exact same delivery multiple times. I don't know if you can. Me either. I, because there I were times where I was doing a delivery and I was like, I'm taking the exact same pathway 30 times. I did a race. I did a race and I kept going like, oh man, there's a lot of races here. And it turned out, and this will connect to the hub world issue, which we'll talk about later. Turns out it was just I was going out the same exit of the hub world every time I left a mission for a mission, and I saw the same lady. I was oh, it must be a different race, and I kept doing it. And then eventually I saw that I was beating my own time, and I was like, oh, have I just been doing the same race yeah, over and over eight and over. times? Yeah. yeah. The the game does a really poor job with navigation, and I yeah. think that my that might be my 
that might be my biggest complaint of the whole game is that I think that the navigation and it's so obvious they didn't know what they were doing with it because the runner's vision in this game is very handholdy. And I think the reason why that is is it's a crutch because they were like, dude, people cannot find their way around. Well, that's the thing. I so do you want to talk about runner vision now? Or yeah, we, we can talk about runner vision. I want to talk about it because I you texted me, you're like, hey, I played it without runner vision, it's a lot more fun. And Tyler is like the more hardcore gamer than I am. Like he's like He's like, I want to play. I just heard about. I want to play like Dark Souls in the hardest difficulty. Like he's insane. So Dark Souls doesn't have difficulty. Whatever. Sorry. Sorry. From software. From software developers watching. Just But he wants. He's like. He likes that. And I do too at times. But I was getting lost. I was getting so lost. I knew where I was going. And I literally put on Runner's Vision, and immediately that flow that I told you I was missing started to come back. I was like, bop, 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 bop. But you're right. It's like. You're just following a line. It's just following a line. And, and, yeah. But even then, even with the runner's vision, I found that if I turn left instead of right, the game doesn't do a good job of like telling you how to get back on course until you just look across the distance behind you from where you just came and you see, oh, I guess that's a red box over there. I guess I was supposed to jump on that. So you yeah. have to go all... And it's, it's just like, it's so like... I don't... I, I really think they got way too excited about the idea of an open world concept. We've seen this plenty of times with developers where they they don't really think about what open world can offer them or what they can offer like what this what this universe can do with an open world they just do it because it's like oh we got open world that's the you know, that's the next option we got to do it but you play it's one of those open worlds where you're just like man i just want to jump from mission to mission and the runner's vision helps with that but it also i think like you said really kind of um uh it puts emphasis on what the biggest issues of this game are, which is that without that runner's vision, at least for me, I'm spending half the time just being like, I have no idea where I'm going. Yep. And they don't do and, and the city design is not good enough to have a lot of, like, when I play, like, even something, like an imperfect open world game, like, I know you love it, I like it, like Arkham Knight, right? Mm-hmm. Not my favorite open world, but... There are things to do in it, and also the biggest thing is I can tell what parts of the city I'm in. Okay, this is near here. This is near that. This is this. Mirror's Edge, even especially given the type of aesthetic it utilizes, is not a game that's really suited for open world, especially because you cannot tell where you are half the time. I truly cannot. Unless I look at the map, I don't know where I'm at. Yeah. And unless I see... I guess the hub world, which is one of the dumbest hub worlds ever, like from a distance, mm-hmm. I kind of know where I'm at. But I don't think it does a very good job of, like, me knowing how, like, I can't retrace my steps. It's hard to, like, you know, usually, usually in those types of games, you kind of know once you've gone to a hub world, you know, to like, like Red Dead 2, like, mm-hmm. it changes throughout the game. But you know when you're in the general vicinity of where you need to go, and you can kind of, like, without using your runner vision or whatever, mm-hmm. you, can go, you can go in or setting a waypoint. This game, it's like, I, I have no idea where I'm at most of the time. Yeah, I was gonna say. The um, I saw a I saw a video online that kind of dived into that a little bit, and it was um, I, I really like. There's one YouTuber I watch a lot of, and he's my favorite uh, game channel over YouTube. But his name is uh, Geeks and Gamers. No, no, okay. not Geeks and Gamers. We do not support <laughs> Geeks and Gamers. Uh, uh, Racevic, who's the oh yeah, yeah Racevic. Yeah, Racevic, and he it's it's funny because me and you both talked about how we thought we were gonna have very little to talk about with this game. And his video on Mirror's Edge Catalyst is probably the shortest video he's ever done. It's like 12 minutes, yeah. which he normally does like 50-minute long videos. Yeah. And he describes 
the and I didn't like the runner vision. That's why I turned it off and everything like that. But he does describe the runner vision as very like anti exploration almost. It's like it's like oh, you go down a specific pathway, and even if there were other stuff, like if you're just putting on the runner vision, it's like yeah, you might you might have the flow, but there's the catch twenty two that your screen is going to look like a cluster. Yes. Like it's just a line it's in the middle, all this crap, stuff yeah. like and. And you're not you're not being supported at all just doing it your own way. No. You're not being supported at all to find your own way. I cannot tell you how many times that without the rudder vision, and I like the way it looks better without the rudder vision, but how many times I got stuck just like on the edge of a building and I could just see the hub world in the distance and I'm like, I thought I was there. Or or <laughs> my favorite one, my favorite thing that would happen is you had you have the hub world or you have a mission waypoint, and you run to the top of this building because you followed the cause that's the thing too, is it's a cluster, but it also doesn't it's not very good at pointing you exactly where to go. It just kind of tells you, like, you need to jump on this thing to get closer. And then until you find the next thing, you jump on that. But, like, there's no, like, line. There's no, like, yeah. you know. I think about, like, um... Let's check the map, which that just takes you totally that out. that map is a nightmare, too. But, yeah. like, I felt like I constantly was jumping. Like, if you're saying, I'm going to jump on, like, top of a building. But, oh, cool, my waypoint's over there. And then I look, and there's just a big ocean in front of me. I'm like, okay. So I guess I have to run all the way back. It was, no. it was always that constantly happened. Bro. That's because the the and they should have done more. And I'm gonna get into this with the things. By the way, we're going through a lot of the stuff we do not like. I do have a list of things I do like about this game. I do like thoroughly. I I I, I I'm getting all the stuff out of the way that I do not like. I do. I in the beginning of the video I said that I do firmly believe this is like an okay game. Well. And should, it's pretty, it's, I think it's pretty solid. We should talk about, I mean, if we're going to talk, get Vest out of the way, then I'm, I'm sure you're probably going to talk about the hub world, right, coming up, right? The hub world, and I want to talk about the grapple hook. Because you get a grapple. I knew that, I got that. Yeah. But I, I'm also like, do you want to talk about combat? Because I have a lot to say about combat. Talk about combat, I'm just doing that. I want to get these two things out of the way. Because these both have to do with, <laughs> these both have to do with navigation. Okay. And I want to get both these out of the way really quickly. Uh, I, in, in, it's interesting because the um, the hub world and the grapple hook, to me, there's so much lost potential here. The During the hype of 2016, there was a lot of um, video games that would do hub worlds, just randomly. This one was actually kind of behind the curve. There was also a lot of games, on that note, that had grappling hooks. Grapple hooks, grapple were, hooks were just becoming very popular. I, was, I, I think of Just Cause. Just Cause was like, I think that that was the first game I remember playing. I was like, Just Cause 2, where I was like, this is the cool. And then a few years later, and then Uncharted. Four had maybe the best grappling hook in. in I think Dying game. Light came out by this point, which Dying Light's really interesting because that one was kind of the evolution off of like it's very heavily inspired off of Mirror's Edge. Right, like, it's literally just Mirror's Edge with zombies. zombies, and that had a grappling hook too, right? Didn't it? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. but like, but Uncharted Uncharted Four, I think it's I, I can't we can't go through this year without thinking about like the grappling hook in Uncharted Four, still one of my favorite game mechanics in any Naughty Dog game, any game ever, any third person game. Um, uh, and I think it was very much like that was the thing. It was grappling hooks for like the thing in games. And I remember when I got a grappling hook for this game, I was like, oh shit, it's awesome. And then it, it's what happens is that the world is split up into three or four sections, right? And they're all connected to the hub world via one entrance. So they each have their own entrance. Yes. And they're Which all is very separate. hard to find out. Yes. And if you, what they could have done was very, and would have benefited the game greatly, was that, like, most games will do this thing where you discover a new area, they kind of, you know, you, you might have to take the long way there a couple times, but then they eventually give you a shorter way. And my executive decision, if I was to fix something about this game in terms of navigation, would have right. been that once you got that grapple hook, there are easier ways to get to one section of the city to the other without taking the hub world. 
because the hub world is a disaster because not only is it hard to get to without rudder vision, but it's also a disaster in terms of there's only one entrance per section of the city. So it doesn't even like, it's like you're just taking the same way into one place and I you feel get like to I another. I the same entrance 90% of the time. Yeah. You, you don't, there's only, I think there's two entrances for one section of the city. It's the first one. And I think there's only one for each other yeah. one. It's, it's just so poorly done. It's also a hub world that once you get in there, it's still hard to navigate. Like, because you go in and you have to like, I understand that you have to like go, go through the ducks just to like get up. If you go, because you, if you go through one, that's the, only one stairwell out. That's it. It's it's really it if you use one in the entrance that's not closest to where you, like it, they make it as hard as possible for you to like, you have to jump through this vent, go through the, open this door up. And then it's just like such a nightmare. And it also annoys me the hub, if we're on the hub world, like if the whole point of the game is you're a runner and you have all this parkour stuff, you're doing all this stuff. Wouldn't you want a hub world that's like the pinnacle of that? Like yeah. you can just climb in through any vent, you come, you know, come in. All the runners are going through, you know, whatever. But they build this this disgusting building, like just this nasty yeah. building where you just you, if you jump up, you just immediately slide down. It's just this awful thing. It's like anti parkour. It's so yeah. annoying. <laughs> and and I, whenever I want a good hub world, especially one of this type in a big city, I want a hub world that I can see from a distance, so I know where I'm at. This thing is like this nasty low-level building. It's just like it's slope, and you get in, and if you go through one entrance, that's not the right entrance. You got to stop the fans to get through, and then there's the one with the grappling hook. And that's the thing too is that they give you that grappling hook, and you go, "Oh man, this is going to change the game. This is going to be a game, and this is going to change how you use use this in the game." Every once in a while, there's a mechanic, but for as much as like that, when you have like an ability like that. To me, that should be, and I know they do it later in the game a little bit more, but like, like, and I, because I upgraded. Oh, it's not nearly as much. I, I, but you know what I'm I mean? Like, it's like, it's ridiculous. Like, why, why would you give me that? That could, be, that could have been a game changing mechanic that turns Mirror's Edge Catalyst into something completely different than Mirror's Edge 1. Yeah. But that doesn't really do the, the, there's very designated for anybody who doesn't remember, but there's very designated spots where you either pull yourself up, you swing, or whatever, and it's all And then you one. get the ability to kind of like swing yourself into a grab. Like they do yes. that, where they you kind of swing yourself and you kind of grab onto them, like by you know. Yeah, the um, it is a it is a system that makes the game feel like it's going to have this next step, but just like everything else about the game, yeah. it is feels half baked. Right, it doesn't feel like it was fully realized. It feels like it could have made it easier for you to traverse from one section of the city to the other, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It feels like it could be used, you know, in way more areas, especially in like combat. Like I would love to swing onto an enemy and punch him in the face, but Uncharted Four does that. Mirror's Edge does not. Right. And it's not to compare apples and oranges. The fact of the matter is, though, is that this game that is fully based around parkour, mm-hmm. is fully based around your your the, the flow of running around, beating up people, and this game heavily relies more on combat than the previous game. We'll get into that in just a sec. It does not, however, utilize the grapple hook in any way during combat, really. Um, as far as I know, I, there might be something at the end of the kill, skill tree, which I have a whole other thing Yeah, about. I was going to talk about skill tree. Yeah. Uh, and it is a game that d- just relies on its grapple hook for very specific areas. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of hate that because I'm like, for a game that's supposed to be all out traversal, this grapple hook should be a game changer. And it should work like, I, I, I think it's so ridiculous to reference this game when talking about Beer's Edge, but I think it should work like something like, uh, 
a little bit more like a like a Halo Infinite grapple hook, or it's like, yeah, you can grab. or or just more areas where I can where I can swing around, I can I can do different stuff, pull myself up a building, I can do all these different things, but it's very rare. I I, uh, I I've been I've been playing uh, Just Cause Four. Don't ask why. It's okay. Um, but I, I I mean, there's a lot of people like it's them. a it's a dumb game. It, you know, it's not. It's you know. I, I've often told Tyler, like, I like either my games now to be something wholly unique or just mindless fun, and, and I was playing Just Cause 4, and, and I was playing it right around the time I was playing Mirror's Edge for the, for the podcast, and the way, like, it is not a perfect gameplay mechanic, but in all those games, when you have your your, uh, your grappling hook, you can you can just zip from wherever you want, and which I understand would be making things way too easy for a game like this. But the fact that you can't use it for combat, the fact that you can't go up to a ledge and just like attach someone to it, and throw, like I think that's a real missed opportunity. Or like you said, just Uncharted Four, where you can just jump high, you know, do a high and punch it down. I have, I do want to get to the combat, but I don't know if, if you wanted to stay there. Like see, the last thing I want to yeah. say about the open world, yes, is that, and it's because I have something written about this that I definitely want to say. It was that in comparison to the first game. I can. I, there were times during the first game where they have these. Um, I forget what they're called, but they're basically like the. I don't know if you've gotten the hunters yet, but the guys who are like can like chase you around and like yeah, yeah. You know, fight you and stuff. And they have the, they, the like gauntlet, the electronic. Those are shock. Those are shock guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the hunters. They. The thing was is that the first game had these enemies that were very similar to the hunters, where they could chase you around on rooftops. That's cool. Like they could chase you throughout the level. So they're and, basically their own runners. And, so like the Krugers run. Yeah, they were very very hard to fight. And I felt like that the first game had this level of intensity that you needed for a parkour game. Yeah. Where, like, when you were running away, you, you heard these footsteps behind you. It was, like, super intense. Right. And in this game, what it's replaced with is combat sections mm-hmm. rather than people chasing you along rooftops. So there's no intensity when you're running right. around. Right. Especially in the open world. And whenever you do one of the, um, one of the side missions, like, where you pull out the thing out of the uh, big tower thing and it blows up... They're like, oh, escape the Krusek uh, vicinity. But it's just like a circle you run out of, and nobody's chasing you. Nobody's ever doing anything. So there's no level of intensity whatsoever to your run. Whereas in the first game, you're running every level. You're running away from guys, and they're chasing you. Like, people are running upstairs going after you. There's this game, here's a combat segment. You get out of it, and then you free flow just run around. Well, then it's like, it reminds me, that goes into like... um... I feel like in the first game, again, it's been a long time, but I feel like I remember in the first game when a character would, I know eventually you can use weapons, but like when a character would have a weapon, a machine gun, right? Like a, a, just a, your normal, you know, grunt would have a machine gun. Yeah. And they're shooting at you. There is an intensity to that where you're like, I gotta go, I gotta move, I gotta move, I gotta move. Yeah. Like there. And that's the, the, the sound. That's the one thing about this game that I do think is the sound design's great. But like that sound, it's got me. You knew you had to get out of the way fast. Yeah, your shoes up against stuff sound really cool. It's, but yeah, but yeah, but it's like you, you had to gather fast. And this game, I feel like I'll be doing my missions, or I'll be doing you know open world stuff, and I'll land. There's always like five dudes huddle around like in a circle. And they jump in, maybe two of them have guns. Oh no, they shot me. But my health never goes down that low, and I can basically run out of anything. I don't think I was killed. The only the most times I died in this game were me falling. Like I I, I was never. I was never killed by like any. There was there was even even when they started like revealing higher you know shot class uh, uh, enemies, they never felt like a, a problem to me. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. You do you need that intensity. Like what? Like once you get like if a helicopter sees you, you better haul ass. Like you better go. Yeah. But they do not. They don't really embrace it a no. lot, especially especially out of mission. 
The in missions, it's well, a little. Once you see that little segment, that's like, oh, you're in the blue. You got to get out, and then you're out. They just like, yeah. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, they're they're done. Yeah. The um, uh, the the it, it's it's interesting because we wanted to talk about the. Uh, I think the other two big things we want to talk about is the um is the combat and the skill tree, skill tree really, yeah. and which kind of go hand in hand. So. And but to go off of what you were saying about the combat, there was in the first game, uh, as many people probably already know, is that there is a first person shooter quality to the first game, which is so weird. I I I I, I hesitate to say it's bad because I feel like that the argument could be made that this game needed it. I think that the argument could also be made, and this was the argument I would make, and that is that we might be on, we're probably going to be on polar opposite spectrums for the combat, but it's that I like that they kind of dropped the whole shooter thing, and they were like, you know what, never mind. We're just going to go full-blown melee, we're going to go full-blown combat. I think there are issues with it. I do think, however, it's a significant improvement off of one. One has... And it was one of the biggest complaints when the game came out, but it has horrendous combat. combat. Like it is, it is rough. And I think a lot of people think this game has horrendous combat. And if it does, that's fine. I think that coming off of the first game, I was very much like, "Oh, this is an improvement." Like I like this a, a lot more than the first game. Whether or not if it's that good or that bad, though, like, yeah, I liked it more. But you can you can go. Do you want to talk about the skill tree really quickly and then go into combat, or you want to go right into combat? I'll go right into combat. Okay. Hashtag uh, give faith a Glock. I think we just give her a gun. Give her a gun. Okay. Yeah. okay, here's the thing. I like that it's like a pacifist game. Yes. I kind of like that. It, and it makes sense story-wise why she would. Like the runners are, are like these like, kind of hippie, hippie runners. Yeah, they're, hippies. they're hippies, hippies, right? They live in a commune. Some are like terrorists. Parts, yeah. But like, but yeah. like in the, the, the like, good kind of yeah. <laughs> FBI. Just yeah. Like, um, no, I, 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 I get that. Um, I, I think, though, I'm playing this, and I'm moving around, I'm doing the, the, the combat, and I'm like, part of it that wouldn't matter anyway, because I don't think the AI um, is very good, the, the, the villain's AI is very good, um, but, like, I was always thinking about Titanfall 2 for some reason, and I was thinking about the wall running and the shooting, and how that how that can be so, like, fun, if you, or if you could just, you don't need, I don't need to have an inventory, I don't need to be pulling out just yeah, to, yeah. But if I, do eternal. Or if I like, <laughs> just pick up a gun. Yeah. You know, and, and then throw it when it's done or whatever. That's but, what they do in Mirror's Edge 1. Exactly. Mirror's Edge 1. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the combat itself, like, I, 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 I am positive it's better than one. I didn't hate it initially when they first introduced what, like, what you would be doing. And I don't mind the kind of, there's a, the animation to it is cool, where it's sort of like, it's very nimble. Like, we're talking about, like, it almost reminds me very much like, Bond the Casino Royale or Jason Bourne where it's just very like it makes sense her fighting style would be very like mm. slide pop, 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 like very like just very arm, fast arms you know kind of just kind of you're kind of disarming them right yeah my issue with it is, is they announce all these mechanics up front where you're like you can you know move the, the analog the stick and press triangle kick him in the face or you can move the analog stick slide and kick him you know like the one I always used was the slide kick up mm-hmm. and they would go for it the problem is, though, is that really, unless you're fighting one of the armored guys, you can spam that square button all you want. And they'll just... After a while, they're gone. And when, you, when you're fighting somebody, it's very rare that another person, while you're fighting a guy in melee, is going to shoot you in the face. Yeah. Very rare. The shooters are... They, they really look they you in like, the eye with like, the muzzle at your face. And just, I know. They'll, and they, they will not do anything. anything. It's, yeah. really, it's really bad. And so I just feel like I understood what they were trying to do with the gameplay. Yeah. And also, my biggest issue goes into the fact that 
it goes back to my it's it's, it's sort of all my uh, complaints coalesce into this one thing because I don't think for a game that's all about movement I don't think a lot of the open world areas are give you a lot of options for like entering a fight in a new way mm-hmm. so like I would I would my version of Mirror's Edge is okay I can come in through the side jump do a jump kick hit this guy slide or like, and, and the and the and the like, structures are big enough for me to do that. Where right. I can just pick them off, you know, like really cool in unique ways. They don't really, they didn't really give me that option. I don't, I don't feel the, com- the uh, other than like a couple slide moves and some of the jumping, you can do like a kind of jumping punch thing. Other than that, I don't really do You can it. combine some of the parkour, yeah. Sure, but they don't do enough. Yeah. I don't think they combine the, for a game that's all about movement, moving, moving, I don't think they combine the parkour well enough at all with the combat. Um, it's not one of these, it's not, I don't hate the combat of these two, but I do think if you wanted to, you'd go through the whole game spamming that square button. Yeah, you probably could with a lot of the enemies. I think it was specific. Not the shock guys. They, yeah, they, the shock guys and yeah, the, uh, And that's what, that was the most fun I had in the combat, was when you had to kind of R2 dodge them. And like, so when they were... The hunters who are in, like, the last third of yeah. the game, they, they don't, they won't let it happen, but the, the main kind of three different, the gun guys, the stun dudes, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. They will all kind of just take that and just fall down and be incapacitated. I like I will say what I don't like about it right off the bat, and that is that I think that when you fight like a shock guy or when you fight like a hunter dude, to me what I would just do is just do the combat shift where you just go around them. Like you just do like it's like a dash almost. Yeah. You go around them and, and you just spam that and press, you know, Y or X and you just do that like ten times and they're down. Yeah. And I felt like that was like very just boring, but it was also the easiest way to guarantee you were gonna get the kill right. type of thing or get the whatever, you know, die. I like to think that she kills them. Yeah, just murder some of the kick. But the, uh, I, I love the concept. I don't think it's developed upon, like, everything in this game, but I love the concept yeah. of, I can kick them in different directions. They fall into each other. They fall off a ledge. They, they you know, all this different... But there's not enough of that. That's what I'm saying, is that it's not, it's not developed enough but I love it in terms of like the ambitiousness of the idea and the concept alone. I think that there's this idea of it that's so hard for, it's so hard to like really go full, which by the way, like I, I honestly, like I could attach the skill tree to this too. The skill tree should have way more stuff involving this where like they should be able to have like develop upon their original foundation. Yeah. But it feels like once you know the direction you can hit people, once you know you can just kick people sliding, once you know you can wall run and punch, once you know you can punch, that's your stuff. That's it. Exactly. Like once you once you that's know that, thing, it's like, that's oh. what I'm saying. They give you all these mechanics, but really you only need a few buttons. To and normally people develop off of mechanics, yeah. but they don't. It's just that's the foundation. I, I hate skill trees in games. Like yeah, I'm not I hate them, and, I, and it's become the standard thing of most gaming things now. It's you got a skill tree. I, I cannot stand it. Um, but I will do it if there is a direct incentive. Like, I recently just played, not a perfect game by any means, but I recently played uh, Jack Longer. No, I did not play Jedi Survivor. I do not have a PS5. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but the skill tree, the, the skill tree in that game is like, you're, you're, it's not perfect, but you're at least getting new abilities. You're getting new this. So that you know that when you are surrounded by people, you could be like, even if it's not needed necessarily, but, oh, I can do this, though. I can jump in hit the ground the first thing and they'll boom you know whatever yeah. stuff like that the skill, the skill I would go through the skill and I'd just be like, what, what am I gaining here 
I barely touched that skill tree, which maybe is part of why I wasn't very good at it, but I did not have any incentive to test that skill tree. There is, uh, you kind of, you, you kind of want There's to, some new moves. You want to for the stuff that feels like you kind of need it, but it doesn't feel like you're changing the mechanics. Like, yeah. uh, like I, I broke down, and I wrote it in my notes, but it, I broke down that a fourth of the upgrades you automatically get in the game. Right. Like, you just get the magic way to get The right. grapple hook is a good example. Right. Like, you just get it. The, there's another fourth of, fourth of them that is literally just like extra damage yep. and extra health. Those are the ones you want to get. Yeah. You want to get the extra damage, you want to get the extra health, but the problem is is that those are not good skill tree items. No. Those are just items that you should get maybe through, guess what? One of the collectathon elements. Right. One of the, because then it would be like, oh, I want more health. Let me go right. do this. Let me go do this side mission or something. Not, hey, you got a little point, you want to spend it on doing some extra damage to an enemy right. type. And then the other stuff is just to me like it's so the other stuff you the others the other stuff in the skill tree you get in the first like third of the game and it's so weird to me because I don't know if you realize I don't know if you notice this because it's been a while since you played the first game but around a third of the skill tree at least of the movement one is just stuff from the first game. Is it really? It's stuff that you automatically have in the first game. Like That's you have weird. it right off the get go, and then they don't give you any like it's the like the roll when you land. The roll when you land, that's something you automatically have in the first game. You don't have it in the Mirrors of Chalice until you unlock it in the skill tree. Wow, I forgot that you, skill tree unlocked. You, you don't the fall backwards whenever you just decide to yeah. like, turn around and fall backwards. The running up a wall, turning around, then jumping to another wall and running up, that's automatically given to you in the first game skill tree element in the yeah. Catalyst. And I feel like that is such... I know it's a reboot. I feel like it is such a missed opportunity to just not give you all that stuff in the get-go and then evolve off of it. Because yeah. this game is supposed to come out eight years, seven years, whatever later, and it's like, where is the evolution? Like, where do it? And, and the only stuff I see it in, it's like the grapple hook, the open world, and all this stuff that's arguably a de-evolution of right. the first game. Well, that's that's because it's like not developed out. That's my biggest issue. Is like you're making Mirror's Edge two, a game that has become a cult favorite. No. And I told you this game feels stuck in time, and I said that almost in a good way. It's one of the things I kind of like about it is it feels sort of mid-2000s mm -hmm. in a fun way. But that's also its biggest flaw. Because, like, when you have eight years between a game, when you have that big of a gap, that is when I expect to see, like, a complete... Not re... It reminds me, it reminds me it's the eight-year... I think the eight-year gap between Red Dead and Red Dead 2. Where it's, like, same tool about Red Dead 2. But you cannot deny, when you play that game, you're like, this is undoubtedly an evolution of all the ideas. Now, do I think that sometimes it gets a little too crazy with some of those ideas, and sometimes it, 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 it kind of it needs the simplicity of that first game? Sure. But you cannot, you can you look at that and you're like, oh my god, like, everything about this is such, like, a direct evolution of that first game and, and takes it to a whole new, you know, in, into a, a level of modern gaming that, you know, was, was just, you couldn't do back then. Yeah. With this one, it's like, it almost feels like this is someone who hasn't played a lot of Mirror's Edge 1. There's a little like a Mirror's Edge DLC where you're like, okay, like the open world is the biggest thing. It's an open, I mean, that's, yeah. that's not a DLC. But you know what I mean? Where it's just like, it's yeah. like, it's like eight years, all these new, you know, techniques that were made for game, like game developing, like, and this is, this is it? Like, this is your Mirror's Edge now? It's just, yeah, you made us an open world. It feels like it played it very safe. Yeah. It, for a game that, funny enough, Ironically, the first game is so not safe, mm -hmm. and it feels like that this game took the safe route. Well, that's the thing, is that Mirror's Edge 1 was, 
the reason I, I was so interested in it when I was younger was because it was really ambitious. And I don't... It's not that this game has... This isn't ambitious, but I think it's in complete misplaced ambition. Where it's like, yes, you did the open world. Great. Yes, you, you made a skill tree. Great. You did all this stuff. But what... What makes this a better experience than the first one? What makes this a more rewarding experience? And what makes this an experience that evolves off the first game? I don't know if it does that. Yeah. I, in a way that is satisfying for an eight-year gap. Because eight years is a long time for a sequel. And, and, and also, for a sequel that crosses platforms. Like, even the five-year gap between Uncharted 3 and 4. Like, that is a PS3 game. This is a PS4 game. And you can tell immediately when you're playing them. You know, yes, the, the core mechanics are still there. Yeah, but it feels like a direct evolution, and everything that they made when they did The Last of Us perfectly feeds into what Uncharted Four was, right? Mm-hmm. And whereas this, all the games Dice had made, it doesn't. It, I don't feel like it. It it really evolves the series outside of just the broad. It's open world. Mm-hmm. Well, they took a lot of the you know, like generic, almost like very like stereotypical elements that you would put in a video game in 2016. Exactly, like, oh, it's like it's like the, the big the big things are it's open world and there's a narrative with a lot of cutscenes. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I do not care. Yeah, about yeah. The the um, uh, I know the last thing that I want to say about the uh, about the um, about the combat really and the skill tree even is that I feel like that one thing they would have benefited off of greatly was if the skill tree had attachments to it that were like combos mm-hmm. yes. like they have like xxx and i'm like no like you can do like xyx do like you know really cool ideas right. like you know do like a grab where you throw somebody or something that's what and i was like, hoping for it's like a lot of stuff that's you feel like oh this should be in the skill tree it should feel like i'm getting all these new abilities and the combat's right. gonna become really cool but it's just the foundation with extra damage normally. And it's not anything more than that it never pushes that and i like the foundation yeah, too. i just think I think everything in the game, and, and and I think at the very end of this, I'm probably going to also ask like about like how we how how would you and you can think about this you know until the end, but how would we want to describe this game in a sentence? And for me, this game feels like conceptually, I kind of love everything, but it is so half baked, all of it, all of it, like every inch of the game to me feels half baked. Whereas the original concept, if you looked at me and said, "Hey, you're going to be able to do that in the sequel," I'd be like, "That sounds awesome." Do it. I'm sure. like, go for it. Sure. And it it just does not match it. Um, I think I would have enjoyed this a hell of a lot more if I had replayed the original. Because going into this sort of, not blind, but having not touched the original Mirror's Edge in probably a decade, mm-hmm. I was sort of just like, okay. Like, I just, all right. You know? Yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely got a lot of a lot of issues to it. It's one I acknowledge has a lot of issues. Yeah. I, I think I like... Um, I think I like a lot of stuff about it, but it does have just like a ton of issues. It's one that I don't even know necessarily I describe it as issues. It's just stuff that just feels like it's just not there. How did you land on Mirror's Edge for this first? I'm sorry, I just I, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a weird weird cold game that I was like oh, I haven't played this for a long time. And I think it's one of those games that people always talk about, but like you never see anyone playing. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, nobody plays it. Nobody yeah, plays yeah, the yeah. Game at all. Yeah. The um I think the only reason we didn't play the first one is because I couldn't get it, I didn't have PS3. <laughs> yeah, you we were gonna play the we were gonna play the first one, but yeah, I mean either way, uh I think that when it comes up, do you wanna talk about um the story for literally like ten seconds? Because I, I don't know if I, I truly don't know if I can. Like I'll be honest uh, with you. 
Well, what I wanted to say about the story is that it's very, um, God damn it, I forgot what I was going to say. All right. So hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. Okay. So, well, the thing I wanted to say about the story wasn't really that the story is good or bad. It's bad, but I mean, it's just as bad as the first game story. The first game did not have a good But the story. first one has at least has those cool, like, from what I remember, like, animated... Like, well, that's what I was going to say. That's it's cool. Is that that's my biggest gripe about the story to the game. It isn't even actually the story. It's that, and a lot of people for some reason have called that the animated segments in the first game were kind of wonky. And I do agree. They're like a little bit, but it's more in like an endearing, like lower budget way. Whereas that's I'm cool. like, this game obviously has a huge budget where like the first game doesn't have as big of a budget. Right. And I think that they could apply that budget to making the animation from the first game's cutscenes look significantly better in this game. Right. And just done the same exact art style. And I think at least the story would have been more fun to follow. Because yeah. it would have been very like comic booky or like espionage looking. It's you know, it's just kind of like a fun little art style. It does that thing too I hate with um, third person games of the era. Some games still do it now where it's like it doesn't know when to make the cutscenes first person or third person. So, like, there'll be some cutscenes that are just pure first-person. Like, you go into them, and, like, it's, like... Yeah. And then there's other ones that are, like, full scenes without it being... And I'm, like, just pick one. It, it drives, like... A, it's a nitpick, but it drives me nuts. That's why the first game, I think, it kind of works a little bit better, because every single time you're... If there's ever a cutscene in gameplay, it's in gameplay. Right. And then whenever there's anyone... Any, any one of the cutscenes that's in third-person is in an animated cutscene. Right. So it's kind of like you get a little bit of a different... Like, a different... Uh, Art style, depending on the perspective sure, you're in. Sure. So it kind of adds a little bit more right. to it in that regard. But I mean, the story itself is like, there's not much to talk about. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty The starting revolution, we talked about it already. It's like, it's, just, it's not very... It's 1984, but like, yeah, essentially. There's which like, oh. I, I would like to talk about because there is... Uh, and there's stuff that we've gone over that I liked about the game. Sure. I like the I like the creating your own content. I do think the game is really pretty, even though the, I don't think the art style like messes with No, it's, it's a nice looking game. It's a good one. Um, it runs well too, uh, for, especially for like what looked like 2016. It looks really good. The uh, I think the cutscenes look very very high budget. Not Uncharted though, 4 good. But... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look as good as Uncharted 4 in terms of graphics, but uh, not many do graphically. Yeah. Uncharted that 4 is very that game, that, the game looks better than a lot of games around now. Yeah. That is very true, actually. The um, I, I feel like that there's a lot of levels I can I really like. I really love. We talked about the grid nodes. I like the grid nodes a lot. There's a construction level that I really like. That's like yeah, midway, that midway into the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, where also, you're like going up and you have to like take down the suspenders. Yeah. You know, the, I really like that. There's mission. an mission to. There's a couple missions that really stood out to me. One of the earlier ones was uh one of the first combat missions where you're just did something I, I don't even know what you're doing in this game so you, you grab something and then you're going on your way down it's the first it, it's the one that starts you jumping through the window in slow-mo mm. and that's the only time in the game I feel like the combat kind of does what I wanted it to do where I felt like it, the, the enemies are spread out enough that you can kind of test out your parkour with the fight so the headquarters one yes the headquarters one I like that mission and a then, lot and, yeah. then, and then there's the mission where you're trying to you gotta go up to the server and it's a cool setup for me because you're basically climbing all these different what are like essentially. It's all the one where plastic sends you. Yeah, and it's like the oh, it's a pure machine. And then there's the lasers. That yeah, you had, that was fun. I had, I had a blast. That. Even though I still think 
because I got caught by the lasers once, and they're like, and plastic's like, hey, I was able to disarm them, but you can only do it a few more times. I'm like, no, you should, when you hit them, you should be done. Like, it should, yeah. that should be so. Well, especially because how early the checkpoints are, which I don't mind how early they are, because if you, you fall a lot in this game, and I would hate it if it was like you just fell and back. The falling gives me anxiety in this game. Oh, really? Because it's that. She has that, like, just, I hate it, because it was one part where I kept falling, and my wife was sitting next to me, and she just kept her hearing Faith on the screen go, <laughs> She's like, what is going on? It's like, like, the person just keeps on dying. Okay, give me anxiety. Yeah, there, there's a lot of really cool mission ideas. I love the server room one, like you were describing. I like the grid node one. I like the, there's a museum mission towards the last third that's really fun. I I like a lot of it. It, for some reason, does stuff where every now and then it feels like there's cut content. There's a mission where you're in this big server room or whatever, and you're trying to figure out what happened to Noah, because Noah's been, like, captured or something. And that's one of the side characters and stuff. Nobody cared about him. But the, uh, what is happened... He's the main guy. Like, in the main he's head. the main, yeah, the main hub dude. Yeah. And he... What happens is, is that you go in, you get this information when you're leaving. Like, you have to jump on the train before it escapes and stuff. And in the first game, funny enough, one of, my, one of the best missions in the whole game is a train, mission, a train mission where you're right. on top of the train and you're fighting people and stuff. And in this game, you jump on it. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, I'm like, this is going to be so cool. You're going out of the server. Yeah, you jump onto it. And then it literally doesn't even have a cutscene. It just cuts to a loading screen that loads back and you're already off the train. That's so dumb. And I was like, you, I was like, there's no way that wasn't cut content. I was like, you totally had written out. Like, there's going to be roll onto it. You start yeah. fighting dudes, but then they're just like, no, cut well, the loading screen. The new Mission Impossible is a train scene. Yeah. And at one point, I was, I played this today before I saw Mission Impossible. And I, that was the most fun I had playing this game, was I put on the Mission Impossible soundtrack. And I was like, just bang, 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 bang. It was like the most fun I had. So yeah, the train level would have been like, that would have been awesome. Yeah. No, the train level was so much fun in the first game, so I thought that they were going to kind of, like, right. replicate especially because it's a reboot. Right. I think they might try and, like, replicate it a little bit. Um, I do like how in this game they did switch out a lot of the variety with enemies in the first game. They switched them out for a lot of melee variety because, right. obviously, the game is more melee-centric. Sure. So there's no, like, snipers and stuff like that because in the older game you could just shoot them across the map sure. or something. Sure. The... I like that there's, it's not super common, but I do like the people on the rooftops, like the other runners that are on the rooftops. Mm-hmm. You'll hear them say stuff that happened in game. That's very that's like, uh, it's Arkham very. Asylum, Arkham Asylum. Yeah, Asylum. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you'll hear them reference stuff. They'll be like, oh, you're fate. I've heard about you because you did this or something. Cool. Uh, in terms of the, uh, the, the, the character. The character I wrote down one thing that I thought the character of Faith is so funny to me because like every if you actually like listen to the cutscenes every single cutscene she'll be like doing the most craziest shit ever like the the craziest thing ever but you know the craziest thing ever where where uh, she'll break into this headquarters and she'll be like oh you're the only one ever to do this in the history of runners and then in the next mission they'll be like you have to do this and she's like nobody's ever done it I can't do it. And I'm like, the whole game you've been doing like stuff crazy. that's, like, insane. Yeah, yeah. But, I, um, yeah. I, was, I was cracking up, uh, uh, this this goes into, like, a nitpick. Like, very, very nitpicky. But I, I it, it, there was, so there was one point when you're, like, I'm hauling ass to get to the, um, to the, the main Noah's office, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, run, run, run. And she runs, and I'm, like, cracking up, like, Wait, does she like run everywhere? Like it's like any of the runners where they like run into like just in the up world they just run around. And there was like but there was a part they actually did where he like talks to she talks to Noah, talks to him, and then in the cutscene is just like, okay, bye. And like just runs out. And I cry I was like, <laughs> like that was so funny. And then my biggest my, like a little nitpick I have with her running that's so funny to me. And it's I love the sound design. I do think it's really funny that the 
the sound of her running in the game, I don't know if it was like in this first one, I don't remember, is like she sounds out of breath all. Like she's <laughs> you're just getting to a mission. Like she's just <laughs> and she jumps like, ah! like I'm like, like, yo, chill. Like you don't have to kill yourself, you're just getting to a mission. <laughs> yeah, they uh well there's this really funny cutscene. I don't know if you saw this one, but it was uh She's, she's, it's like I said, the very end of a cutscene where she's like running out of a room and right when she's literally running out of it and Noah's like, wait, and she's like, stop. That's the that's yeah, the that would so that's funny. The and then she runs again. Yeah, I, awesome. yeah, there's a lot of like little like, like really just cheesy stuff like that that I'm just yeah. like, this is so funny. Because I mean, it was in the, in the, as I'm playing, I'm like, does she like, she like would be running through the, oh, and it was like, no, in the cutscene, she's like, canonically, she like runs, <laughs> just runs out. It's just so funny. Yeah, yeah, they're constantly, they do not walk. Her final line of the game, I'm not joking, okay. this is her final line, they say, what are you going to do, Faith? And she, all she does is look at the camera and she says, I'm going to run. Love it, I love it. And that's how the game ends. It. It's with the, the, that's her character. Run. That's all she does. She's going to run. run. She runs. She, what, she, what is Faith from your Edge There are plot twists in this game. Is Noah yeah. bad? Uh, no, no, Noah dies. I mean, Noah dies. Okay. Noah dies. It makes her want to get revenge on the bad guy. Uh, that's kind of a plot, so it's not really. But the yeah. uh, the big one is that um, the person they capture, um, Kruger's daughter, is actually Faith's sister. Uh, so she's the daughter of Kruger too. Well, well, uh, the, they they killed their parents. And uh, the Kruger oh, adopted oh, okay, into the family. Yeah. And so at the very end of the game, they set up a sequel by saying that Kruger stepped down and now her sister is the new head of Kruger's oh, Act. Oh, man. And then Faith is like, we started something big, even though the employees haven't changed in the world. And it's, it's, uh, it's dramatic. And they really, they really were setting up a big sequel. They, they literally said like, oh, we, we, we're just Hey, if Star Wars 3 comes out next year, then they would have done every eight years. Been an eight-year gap. Yeah. There are rumors that they might do another Mirror's Edge at some point, which would be very interesting if they did nowadays. Because it's just like I don't know. It's just like so. Like it's it, you already talked about it's out of the loop with the second game. Now it's just like what are we? Even, where are we it's at? Like, is there even a? There's there was no barely, barely, barely an things. audience when uh, yeah. two came out. Is there that was really confirmed? Is there an audience? There should be. I they should at least like remaster it or something. Yeah. that'd be really cool. Like with like upper Stay. like frames per second. Yeah, I mean, yeah. frame, the higher frames per second alone would like do so much. The uh, uh, this game, yeah, I I can't think of. There's not really much else I really have to say about it. I really think that it's a game that conceptually I really like a lot about it. I feel like so much of it is half baked. Yeah, I just feel like so much of it. You don't go deep enough into it. It doesn't feel like as much of an evolution off the first game as it should be. Uh, I do like some of it more than the first game, but if I was to recommend somebody the first game or this, I would just say just play the first game. It's quicker, more linear, yeah, you know, to the point. It, it, Higher the, amount of intensity. It's like it's like we talk about, we talk about Red Dead and Red Dead Two a lot. And I feel like our, I don't think our Red Dead Two take is hot. Like I feel like we both love that game. No, we do. But, but I love that game so much. But one of the things about it is that sometimes when I'm like traveling the endless open world with no fast travel, well, there is fast travel, but barely. It was just fine because I like running around. But there are times when you're kind of like, I kind of just miss the like smaller, simplistic thing of one, even though we can respect the bigger, grander thing. No. I feel with a bit more of a negative edge, negative mirror's edge. But this one, I feel like the extra fat, I just don't like. Yeah. I just straight up don't like. There's extra stuff, there's more stuff, but it's like literally what made mirror's edge great was like 
or what I remember liking about it was like just the simplicity of it and then linear you know it, it reminds me like it's again those these types of games these games that rely on movement and moving from place to place like like the 2016 Doom or Doom Eternal or Portal 1 and 2 or like Portal's it, actually got a really similar one to this very, game very I, I thought of Portal a lot um, Portal or even uh, uh, the Titanfall 2 campaign which I think is a really underrated campaign like they're they are th- that those mechanics are meant for a linear story. Yeah, it does not translate very well. As ambitious as you tried, it does not translate very well to a to a, a open world, especially an open world that is this messy. I feel like. Yeah, it's especially messy. I I mean, like what we talked about earlier about the runner's vision to me is just kind of like a cop out for what sure. is essentially just like a messy sure. open. But world. it's also it's I think cop- the open world is the worst element. Sure, me. it's a cop out, but it's also. For me, it was like the only thing I could rely on to get anywhere. But yeah, like, that's why it's because the navigation. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. It's yeah. like you don't even know where you're going. Yeah. I would like to ask, and then I'd like to go through a few things that I kind of just wrote down that I thought was just uh, funny or small, like nice things about the game, just sure. to kind of get a little bit of uh, give a little uh, extra stuff. So I mean, you kind of get the whole Mirror's Edge catalyst, everything in one little video. Uh, what would you say that you appreciated most about this game? Um, most. I mean, there, there was, uh, or even yeah, a couple things. Either way. Um, what I appreciated most, I appreciated the. Um, honestly, the thing I appreciated most was like probably like the sound design. I didn't. I didn't love this game, and I think, but I, I did appreciate the sound design. Sounds good. Because everything I appreciate about this game is stuff that's good in the first one. So it's like hard for me to be like, oh, what makes it unique in this game? But like. I get other than like just the running mechanics when they're working when it really allows you to like yeah um, sometimes it's a little bit wonky yeah everything's I guess I guess sound design and, and maybe a few level design some of the level design was cool yeah I really like that construction building one. yeah yeah there was some cool there was some cool yeah. there was cool level design. I I really like the aspect of uh, even though it does cause some issues for uh, people and even like yourself like I know with the combat. I, I really do appreciate the dropping the FPS stuff. I, I, I like it as a novel. Like, oh, it's just, oh, it's fun to pick up a weapon and just start firing at people. I almost wonder if you can make this game without combat. If, if it's, yeah, if, I do if, wonder. If it's a game where it's like you just, you run away. Like, you just, you just, you just, you know, you disrupt and run. Like, I, I almost wish that would be, I think the combat is just... So it's rough. It was rough in the first game, and it was like I, I, I am happy though that they dropped the whole FPS. And they were really trying to be like, no, we're doing melee combat, we're doing the running. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing, and I, I really do appreciate that about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of uh, last uh, couple questions that are really quick. And uh, do you have any other random thoughts you'd like to say about it? Mm-hmm. No, I already mentioned her breathing was funny. Yeah, yeah, I, I really wanted funny. to make it because I was playing it this morning and I was like, it made me laugh because she's like really just yeah. running from one point. So. <laughs> There's, um, I like to point out that a couple of, uh, an extra little fun thing about the game, little dice thing. Is that they got the uh, Battlefield Bad Company voice actors oh, to come cool. back? Like yeah, they did. Uh, they did the uh, you know the recordings you can pick up, yeah. like the audio recording. Oh, they do yeah. a couple of those, and they work for Crusac. Oh. And they start going like, "Oh yeah, we have to do this dumb job." And they're like all kind of in character. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and that was a fun little that's thing. Um, Bad Company. That's a be, that'd be a good game to talk about. Bad Company is a really good game to talk, about, especially because they shut off the online, but there is still the campaigns, and I feel like those games have very polarizing campaigns. That, so Bad Company's campaign was the, it's only one of the few Battlefield, comp- Battlefield games that I remember the campaign. 
Mm-hmm. I do remember a lot. Of, I remember the gold stash they're trying to yeah, get all that stuff. I like, I like the um, yeah, Dice is Dice is such a great company. They they really do make a lot of really great stuff. They're just underneath EA, and EA is always oh, yeah. pushing them out to make something. Yeah, the like, uh, if Dice had the time to make a Battlefront game really good. I feel well. like even with Catalyst, if they just had like a couple more years to develop stuff, yeah. I'd be like, oh, please, by all means, yeah. just make it. You know, develop like you know the traversal, getting from one section to the other quicker, places like that. It's like very quick fixes that I feel like would make the game far less of a drag. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, the uh, I wanted to talk about some uh, funny things. Uh, I've mentioned the names. I think the names in Mirror's Edge, at least one, are hilarious. Uh, the I would like to talk about how the uh, this is this is more so a, a comment on the first game, but the um, the exposure lighting in these games is so funny at times because oh. it's so high that like you'll be seeing like a, like one time I was trying to get to a vent and the vent was white and I literally thought it was the wall. Yeah. Like the lighting is so ridiculously high at times. I also noticed like maybe it's because there's there's a lot of like reflections in the game. Yeah, and sometimes the game can't quite handle it. Like because it does that thing where like it'll have like a muted reflection almost where it's mm-hmm. like kind of hazy. But there was the, do you remember the part when she runs up, she gets she goes up the ladder, and then it goes immediately turns to a cutscene where, um, like an end game cutscene where the uh, building in front of her explodes, that kind of like pushes her back or whatever. Yeah. If you look on the side, literally the um, the panels of the window just start to like shift between, like they just go, a resolution just starts like oh it goes from like it goes from like being the hazy to like a pure. Like exact like a reflection, and it was very like you could literally see that the square panels are starting to like shift. If you're in an elevator, funny little thing I noticed. If you're in an elevator, I have a fascination with reflections. Yeah, you see yourself. Whenever I see yourself inside a game, I'm always like testing it out. Like I'll do a slide, see what it looks like. If you do the quick turnaround, her whole body turns around, and then you just see the back of her head, and her head just twists. That's horrifying. It's like The Exorcist. It's, it's also really, like really I also love checking in games to see if they if they animated um, the mouth moving because yeah. there's the generic just like if, 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 if the easy way to do it is just like in games sometimes like they'll, they'll, they'll just do it like but you add like a little my mouth is moving for the listeners at home but it's just <laughs> my mind bad but they, they add the voice later but in this one it was just like her mouth was completely closed and she was like just, but she was saying that while I was wanting yeah no I I, I it is. It has some pretty little uh, funny moments. There's a whole mission where you can do like an Easter egg in it, where apparently the uh, if you shoot like a sniper rifle at a certain area, this is just a funny thing about the first game. But if you shoot a sniper rifle in a certain area, it causes a uh, giant rat to run down the road. That is like a, I'm not even joking. That's you can weird. find this online. I'll probably play the first one for this. Yeah, the first one. And in this game, I don't know if you read it, but there's a tip on the loading screens that says uh, if you see a giant rat the size of a car, you're playing the wrong. Oh yeah, game. I saw like I, saw, yeah. I didn't know what that meant. It says, what is that? You're playing the wrong game. Uh, I, I, I saw it every game. time in the loading screen. I was and, confused. and you correct me if I'm wrong. You would shoot me, uh, shoot the message at appreciationculture@gmail.com if you realize that I am wrong when I say this. But it is that I think there is an Easter egg in this game that has the giant rat. If you go down like a certain like a uh, train track. Apparently, it's it's really weird. I, I it looked very more it looked very glitchy. Like it looked like you had to do a lot of glitches to get to it. It wasn't just like shoot a sniper rifle. But uh, I think this game has that. But I could be wrong. Okay. The um yeah the only other stuff that I want oh I did want to say the music to this game hits. Yeah, it's pretty good. I really like the music. It's made by a group named uh, I believe Solar Fields is their name, and they don't make a lot of stuff. Uh, they remind me a lot of how 
I believe his name is Mike Gorgon got noticed for doing Doom. Uh, funny enough, oh. Doom, because he like wasn't really the most like popular artist ever, and then he made that, and then, mm-hmm. you know, got really popular. I recommend listening to the theme. It's called uh, "Still Alive," which is funny because there's a "Still Alive" song from Portal uh, that was that gets sung by. Also, uh, "Still Alive" is the um, name of uh, Demi Lovato's song in the new screen. Yeah. So if you look up "Still Alive," you find three songs, mm-hmm. but there's one by Solar Fields. It's the theme of the first game, and I believe it's in this one, and it is a very, very good theme. Like, fantastic. That's cool. Uh, my last closing questions are, what, if, if you were given the unlimited budget to make the to make Mirror's Edge the game, what would you do? Right off the bat. Just, like, just the first things that pop in your head. Uh, limited, uh, uh, I would... You have a grappling hook that works and is actually useful to the gameplay. Um, I would make sure that the aesthetics are uh, consistent and not confusing. And then I would also, uh, I guess this sounds dumb because it's a limited budget, but honestly what I would do if, if you gave me a budget, I would just take everything down and make it a linear game. Yeah. That's what I'd do. I'd, just, I'd literally be like, we're not doing it world. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even need an unlimited budget. You could no, back then, one less money. Yeah, yeah. The um, uh, I I'm very curious if they will ever do a mirrors. Uh, which uh, I don't know if mirrors edge will ever return, but I do somehow think, mirrors edge somehow some, somehow mirrors <laughs> edge has returned. The uh, mirrors edge. I would be very curious how it would look if they could because re- it was it was a game that you thought was going to be dizzy when it first came out. You thought it was going to be dizzy. And you thought it was going to be like heavy motion sickness and yeah. stuff like that. And to some extent it is. I am curious if they could ever make it work in VR. Which I don't know if they could. Mm. They'd have to change the mechanics. They'd like, have to change a lot. Because you can't, like, I, it could work. The only things it would not work with are, like... The role, the role I think, is the that's thing. The, thing. the role, the role I think the role is going to be, like, a nightmare. I think it could be a really fun VR game if they could... Just not... Play. Like, if you, if you just did the, the... Before you get the role in this game and you just kind of, like, stop yourself, like, I think that would be the best way to do it. Like, you just kind of, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I I would really. I, like I could see, totally see like a VR Mirror's Edge though. Yeah, it's so. a very like experimental type of game where you could see a VR. Yeah, like so we'll at least try it. Um, so before we go, if you want to correct any of our opinions, which are opinions, but if you want to correct any of our opinions or spew out any facts that we may have gotten wrong, if you want to say whatever you want to say or give us any recommendations or say anything you like. You can reach us at appreciationculture at gmail.com. And I would like Josh to present what our next game is going to be for the next time we talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be talking about Hideo Kojima's uh, controversial 2019 epic Death Stranding. A game you either love or hate, and I have gone from hating to loving. That's fine, because I've always kind of liked it. But not, not, not talking about Spoilers. Okay, we're allowed spoilers. to spoilers, but, but I'm very excited. A little tease. A little tease. I'm very excited to talk about it. It's a game I I, I, uh, I had a really interesting rediscovery of recently, so I'm excited to play it again. Um, and uh, until next time, guys, we'll respawn. Oh wait, wait, hold on. We'll, we're 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 doing that. We're doing that in just Excuse just me. a moment. In just a moment. In just a moment. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait. What's the what plastic says? She says, "Not a question. Not a question. Not a question." Have you someone, heard that? No, someone paid way more attention to this than I did. The cutscene where she's like, every single time she says something, and Faith is like, 
oh yeah, like this is what yeah, that. And she's like, no, that's not a question. <laughs> that's gonna be me to people who are like haters of Death Stranding. Not a question. <laughs> not a question. The uh, I'm just gonna say that to people casually from now on. So yeah, hold on. Actually, you're gonna say this bottom segment. This whole like you know. You know. Oh okay, I say this part. This been, this has been Tyler and Josh. We're grateful to be able to talk to you all about these games, and we're passionate that. Excuse me. We're grateful to talk. We're grateful to be able to talk to you about. God damn. We're grateful to be able to talk to you all about these games that we're so passionate about. We'll and respond with you next episode. Right. How would you? Yeah, I'll be nice.